0: Today we start a new series of four sermons on the Advent. The Advent is the events leading up to the first Christmas. The Christmas message is so familiar to all of us that uh, there's a tendency that we run the risk of losing sight of the deep significance. Uh, we run the danger of missing the true meaning of the original Christmas, especially with the commercialization that is so prevalent uh, these days. So today, uh, I begin this uh, new series that uh, the elders of KL has uh, entitled as Joyful Joyful We Adore Thee, of course we rejoice in this uh, great news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and I'm going to herald to you and proclaim this very familiar story in a slightly different way, but being faithful uh, to the scriptures. The main idea of my sermon is like this, that Jesus Christ has come as our light. We don't need to stumble any longer in darkness. and For you believe and then live in His light. And the outline of my sermon uh, will be roughly in uh, four parts. Uh, I will begin with a prophecy in Isaiah, and move on to its fulfillment in the Gospels, and then uh, I will use uh, two groups of people, the self-deceived Simon the sorcerer in the book of Acts, and the self-righteous Pharisees uh, that we all know all about, and then I will conclude with the self-denying Apostle Paul, uh, where he has uh, a lot to say about this uh, Gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm going to take you through the scriptures uh, to show us this truth. And we will begin not with Jesus in the manger as is traditionally uh, the Christmas message, but we begin with Jesus on the road to Emmaus. Jesus on the road to Emmaus, uh, those of you are familiar with the Bible story, the record in uh, Luke's Gospel, chapter 24, where it was already after the events in Jerusalem where Jesus was uh, crucified on the cross. He was uh, buried in the tomb and then He rose from the dead. And then uh, He revealed Himself uh, on different occasions to different people. And on the road to Emmaus, He revealed Himself to two disciples. And during that revelation of Himself, uh, Jesus uh, began with the Moses and all the prophets they said Moses refers to the first five books of the Bible right the, the first five books that is uh, written uh, by Moses, so Jesus explained to them what uh, was written in all the scriptures regarding himself. What is it that is about himself? He said that Jesus Christ must suffer all these things that already happened in Jerusalem, and then he must enter his glory that means he 's going to be uh, ascended so uh, Jesus. Explain to the disciples, or these two disciples in particular, uh, the story of Christmas in a sense of uh, why he came as the light of the world, and that people, after having seen the light and received the light, need not stumble anymore uh, in darkness that is provided they believe him and walk in his light. And then the response of the two disciples uh, in Luke 24 and verse 32 there, it says, Will not our hearts burning within us uh, when he, that's referring to Jesus, talked to us uh, on the road when he opened the scriptures to us. So I hope that as we go through the scriptures, that similarly our heart will respond like what these two two disciples were, that uh, there is this burning within our hearts to know about this uh, gospel message of the Christmas. And, uh, but uh, the Jesus, before He opened the scripture, He rebuked these two disciples. He said, how foolish uh, you are uh, and how slow of heart to believe all that was written uh, in the scriptures. And I pray that truly our hearts will not be slow to believe, but be quick uh, to listen and to believe in the gospel message that Jesus Christ has uh, brought uh, to us. So before I proceed further, let's open with a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you so much for this uh, first Christmas where Jesus Christ came and gave us this uh, promise of eternal life and the gift of the Holy Spirit. And we pray now that as we open our hearts and open the scriptures, that you will enable our eyes to be able to see the light that Jesus Christ has brought uh, into this world that you will turn our darkness into light, and that you will cross over from death to life. Pray that our hearts, each of our hearts, everyone who listens to your scriptures this morning, will burn within uh, uh, their own heart. Lord, the desire to be responsive, uh, to walk in the light, and to be able to see uh, what Jesus Christ uh, has brought from heaven to earth. So Father, we commit this uh, morning session to you and we ask Lord that you will open our eyes and help us uh, to respond well uh, to the gospel message this morning. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. So let's begin with uh, a prophecy in Isaiah. Let me say a word first about prophecies. In the Old Testament there are many prophecies regarding the coming of Jesus Christ. Some biblical scholars have uh, Make count that there are something like uh, 1,200 prophecies in the Old Testament and 600 prophecies in the New Testament, a total of 1,800 prophecies in total. Uh, not all about Jesus Christ and uh, His coming, but just prophecies in general. And these scholars have uh, made a study and concluded that about two-thirds of all the prophecies have already been fulfilled to the detail that was revealed. Which means that every prophecy uh, that has been made by God through his prophets to men uh, will be fulfilled. Every one of them, the majority, uh, two-thirds out of the thousand eight, has already been fulfilled to the detail. And the remaining one-third, which is yet to be fulfilled, concerns mainly the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, and about the future Jerusalem. And but the point basically, is that all this prophecy will be fulfilled. And for us, we will, this today we will consider just actually only one prophecy out of the hundreds and thousands uh, in the Old Testament and in the book of Isaiah. Uh, it's about Jesus first coming as a baby in the manger. In Isaiah chapter nine, which I think the passage is familiar to uh, most of us. In verse 6 of Isaiah 9 says, For to us a child is born, to us a son uh, is given. This is the first Christmas. And the government will be on his shoulder. He will be called a uh, Wonderful Counselor. This is the, what, what we now call the Jesus, uh, or he, during that time the prophecy says that he will be called. But now it's Jesus. Jesus is already being called the Wonderful Counselor. The mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. I will say some words about each of these later. And it says, Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom. This um, verse 7 about his kingdom, this is yet to come. Jesus Christ has come as a child, as the son, uh, and all the Four titles that he has been given wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace these have all been fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. But of his kingdom, he has that part of the prophecy has yet to come. And he goes on to say that in his kingdom he will reign on his king, uh, over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. This is part of the remaining one-third of uh, the prophecies that is yet to come. And Isaiah 9 in verse 7 says, added that the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. That means this fulfillment uh, is yet uh, to come. And now we are in between the first Christmas and Uh, the time when Christ's reign will be established here on earth. And here, we are now in what is called in the scripture as the time of the Gentiles. And in Mm -hmm. verse 2 of Isaiah 9, it says, In the future, which is uh, because when Isaiah was written, it was written in the 8th century before Christ, right? So, uh, in verse 2, it says, In the future, He, that is Jesus Christ, will honor Galilee of the Gentiles. You know that Jesus Christ uh, his main ministry is in the region of Galilee, and it's called Of the Gentiles. Why? Because the, the nation of Israel situated in the, in the part of the geography at that time was between the trade routes between the north and south, and between the east and west. So um, the Gentiles, the treatment of the nations were basically going up and down through that piece of land. He says, in the future he will honor Galilee of the Gentiles by the way of the sea along the Jordan, the people walking in darkness, that means the people in Galilee, or transiting through Galilee, has, uh, in the darkness, have seen a great light uh, on those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has shone. Now this light is basically what I'll be talking about where Jesus has come as our light and that we don't need to stumble in darkness any longer. Then the question for us is: Will you believe and live in the light that Jesus Christ has brought? So this gallery of the Gentiles, uh, that even of course during the time when uh, the Isaiah, the prophecy was given to Isaiah, the prophecy that the nation of Israel would be exiled and that the whole the, the promised land will be, you can say, trampled over by the Gentiles, and even when Jesus Christ came. Uh, during that time, uh, the Gentiles were already, through the Roman uh, Empire, were already uh, ruling that land. And Jesus himself said in the prophecy in Luke chapter 21 and verse 24, it says, Jerusalem, where the capital of Israel is, uh, Jerusalem will be trampled on by the Gentiles, Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled. And we are still in that time. Of the Gentiles, and uh, that Gentile time has yet to be fulfilled, and it will be fulfilled uh, in the days to come. So, we are in this uh, part of the story of uh, Christmas where the child is born, Uh, it has been, Christ has come to fulfill that prophecy. And in the Gospels, and now we go to the second part of the Gospel, where Christ, the 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 prophet, the prophecy that was given to Isaiah is now being fulfilled in the Gospels that we have in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John recorded for us in the New Testament. Uh, we go there and review uh, the, what what the Scriptures say there, right? In uh, Luke chapter one, the birth of Jesus Christ was foretold by. Uh, the angel Gabriel, uh, angel Gabriel came to Virgin Mary in the town in Galilee, right? Remember Galilee of Gentiles? Yes. So that's where the Virgin Mary was in that uh, town called Nazareth. And in Luke chapter 1 and verse 31 to 33, uh, the angel Gabriel told uh, the Virgin Mary, "says you will be with child and give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. This is exactly what the prophecy in Isaiah chapter 9, which we earlier read, talk about that his kingdom will know no end. Right? So this was the announcement to uh, Virgin Mary. And then, of course, we know that uh, Mary was betrothed to Joseph. Uh, the betrothal process in the Jewish custom lasts for about a year uh, before they were f- so called fully consummated. And during that time, of course, Joseph found out that uh, Mary uh, before uh, already had a child, and so he was very troubled because, according to the Jewish custom, if uh, a lady were to get uh, pregnant before with the man, the lady needs to be stoned to death. So Joseph, of course, had a huge dilemma. And therefore an angel came uh, to reveal to Joseph exactly what was happening uh, uh, to Mary. So in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21 to 23, it says, An angel appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Right? So this is what Jesus, um, the the Christmas message of Jesus is, that he will save his people, that is uh, including us, the Gentiles and the Jews, from their sins. And all this took place in verse 22 of uh, Matthew chapter 1. It says it was to fulfill what the Lord has said through the prophet Isaiah. The virgin will be with child and give birth to a son and they will call uh, him Emmanuel which means God with us. So Jesus is that Emmanuel which has come to be with us as the light, our light, So that we don't need to uh, stumble anymore in darkness, uh, provided we believe and walk in the light that Jesus Christ has uh, brought. Now, this name Jesus, uh, that was given to both Mary and uh, to uh, Joseph, um, and the Son of the Most High, has a link to the four, uh, you can say, names or titles. That uh, was prophesied by Isaiah in Isaiah chapter nine and verse six. He says the wonderful Counselor. So Jesus today will feel that He is our, our wonderful Counselor because Jesus Himself said in John chapter fourteen and verse twenty six. He said the Counselor, referring to the Holy Spirit, and the uh, Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus, right? The Holy Spirit, the Counselor, whom the Father will send in My name, He will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I have said. So this is the role of the Spirit uh, of the Counselor that is given to us. And Jesus, the Holy Spirit, is that wonderful Counselor that is now in us. And in John 16 and verse 7, Jesus told his disciples, It is for your good that I go away. Unless I go away, the Counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When the counselor comes in verse 13 of John chapter 16, he says, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only of what he hears, and he will tell you of what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking what is mine and making it known to you. So today, we can walk in the light of Jesus' counsel as our wonderful counselor. Then there's the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, is that prince of peace. He is the prince of peace because he has overcome uh, the world, right? In John uh, 16 and verse 33, he says, Jesus had told his disciples, These things I, I have told you so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will uh, have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. And then in John 14 and verse 27, we all know this uh, promise very well. It says, Peace I live with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus Christ is that Prince of Peace, that uh, promise or that fulfillment of the peace that He gives. In Isaiah 26 and verse 3, Isaiah speaks of that perfect peace. He says, He will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is steadfast, because he trusts in you. So, for those of us who receive Jesus Christ as uh, our Savior, the one who saved us from our sins, we can have Jesus Christ as our light and walk in his light, so that we do not need to stumble any longer in our darkness. And the third title that uh, the prophecy made was The Everlasting Father. And in John 14, uh, Philip, one of the twelve disciples, asked Jesus, "Reveal to us uh, who the Father is. And here Jesus revealed to uh, Philip and the apostles and to us. that he says, I am in the Father and the Father is in me. The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe in the evidence of the miracles themselves. So Jesus is saying that everything he says, or he has said, and everything that he has done in the miracles and so on, is done uh, by the Father in him. Right, So, Jesus Christ fulfills this everlasting Father uh, role that uh, we read in Isaiah 9. And then in John 17 and verse 24, Jesus prayed this uh, before he went up and died on the cross. Jesus prayed in John 17 and verse 24, says, Father, I want those you have given to me to be with me where I am, and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you love me, Before the creation of the world. So, Jesus Christ had this glory with the Father before even time began, before the creation. And in verse 5 of John 17, it says, As the Father uh, says, Father, now glorify me in your presence with the glory that I had with you before the world began. So, Jesus Christ is that everlasting Father. Then, the final one, the mighty God, we all know. That uh, God is mighty, but Jesus, we all now know in Matthew, uh, the last chapter of Matthew 28 and verse 18, the Great Commission, right? Jesus told the 11 disciples in Galilee, he says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All authority, right? Having fulfilled uh, the task that has been given to him uh, and overcome, he says, all authority. He is that mighty God. And then in Philippians 2, where the Apostle Paul, uh, with the revelation that Jesus Christ has gave him, him, wrote this uh, piece in Philippians 2, verse 8 uh, to 11, it says, Jesus humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We can now walk in the light of Jesus' everlasting glory and all authority that he has. Jesus is the one who we now call the Wonderful Counselor, the Prince of Peace, the Everlasting Father and the Mighty God. Jesus. Saves us from our sin. So Jesus Christ, going back to the main theme of uh, uh, Christmas story, that he has come as the light, the, our light, so that we don't need to stumble any longer in darkness, provided we save him and walk in the light that Jesus Christ gave. In Isaiah 9 and verse 2, it says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. This was talking about the Galilee of the Gentiles. The apostle John was among these people, right? The John together with uh, the many, the 12 apostles together with the many disciples uh, in Galilee at that time, they have seen that light. And this apostle John wrote in the Gospel of John, and also in his letter, if you will review now, uh, specifically about this Jesus who is this great light that has come uh, to us, right? We all know that this passage very familiar in John chapter 1. Right at the very beginning it says, John 1.1, 1, 1, In the beginning was the Word, talking about the Word uh, which refers to Jesus Christ. And that Word was with God, and the Word was God, right? He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of man, right? So, Jesus Christ came to give eternal life, and that life is the light of man. Therefore, going back to our main, uh, the main idea, the main theme, right? That Jesus Christ is that light that has, that has come to be our light so that we don't need to stumble any longer in darkness because in verse 5 of John chapter 1 says the light shines in the darkness but the darkness has not understood it or another version says the darkness has not overcome it meaning that Jesus Christ has overcome the darkness, right? Jesus Christ has become that mighty God, that uh, everlasting father, that authority that that he has had after he has died and rose from the dead and verse 9 of John chapter 1 says, The true light that gives light to every man, all right, was at that time when John rightly said, he was coming into the world, but he has come into the world. And through this night, it says, All men might believe. All includes the Gentiles, the Jews, and everyone. Everyone who's listening to uh, the sermon uh, today, right? The light of Jesus Christ is for you. Right, and in verse eleven it says he came so that to that which was his own. That means he came to the to the Jewish people, but his people did not receive him. And then there is that wonderful promise in John chapter one and verse twelve. It says, "Yet to all who receive him, this is the Christmas message: to all who receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gives the right to become children of God." Jesus Christ announced uh, the angel announced to Mary that. his name is Jesus, and he will save his people from their sins, right and then he give us the right to become the children of God, that is provided we receive him and walk in his life. So this apostle John uh, besides the, the gospel he also write in his first letter he wrote three letters first John, second John, and third John. but in the first letter that he wrote, he uh, makes it even more explicit what it means that Jesus to be to be receiving this Jesus as our life and to be walking in that life. In 1st John chapter 1 and verse 5 he talks about the kind of fellowship that we have one with another and with God. He says this is a message we have heard that is John himself talking as an eyewitness that you have heard from him from Jesus and declared to you that God is like in him There is no darkness at all, so that's why Jesus Christ has come as the light, so that when we receive him, we don't need to stumble any longer in our darkness. And then in verse 6 of 1 John chapter 1, it says, If we claim to have fellowship with him, and yet we walk in darkness, that means we do things that uh, people in darkness do, then we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, We have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, purifies us from all sin. Right? This is exactly what uh, the angel told Mary. That Jesus will save us from all our sins. And then Apostle John in the second chapter verse 6 says, Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Right? And Jesus is the light. So therefore, if we walk in the light, then we must Then there is no darkness uh, at us. And then he uh, the Apostle John illustrates this further in uh, subsequent chapter in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 16. He says, God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother uh, is still in the darkness. So God so what John is saying is that God is light and God is love. So if we walk in the light, we must walk in love. So anyone who hates his brother cannot be in the light. He's still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother lives in the light, and there is nothing in him that can make him stumble. Okay? So therefore, what we are saying is that Jesus Christ has come as our light. And when we walk in that light, we also love our brother, uh, and then uh, whoever hates, uh, hates his brother is in the darkness. But whoever walks uh, in the light, then he uh, walked in the light that Jesus Christ has brought. The main idea of the Christmas story as I'm telling it now to you is that God, Jesus Christ has come as our light, as the light, and that all those who uh, receive that light uh, do not need to stumble in their sin or in their darkness anymore. And we need to, the question is will we receive that light and uh, walk in his, uh, in his ways, right? So, we, in the Gospels, we talk about the angel uh, Gabriel uh, revealing the message to Virgin Mary, the angel revealing the message to Joseph. <coughs> There is another message that the angel referred to, which is the, the angels, right? When you talk about uh, Christmas, you cannot escape talking about the angels, uh, or rather the shepherds, sorry. Uh, so Jesus, the angel, came and announced to the shepherds. Interesting that the heaven chose, uh, chose to reveal uh, to the shepherds. Shepherds, during that time of uh, uh, Jesus, were the lowest uh, profession, right? In fact, we record in uh, in the Old Testament that uh, when uh, Joseph went, uh, when Jacob went with his brothers uh, to see Pharaoh, uh, they, they says that the Egyptians were they, they revoked the they hated the the, the the shepherds because they were actually the lowest of uh, of the of the people there, right? So, but God sees it differently. So God chose uh, sent an angel to announce to the shepherds, Right in Luke chapter 2, it says there were shepherds living out in the field nearby the town of David, which is Bethlehem, which is where Jesus was born. And they were keeping watch over their flocks at night. Right? The angel of God appears to them and the glory of God shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all people, that means not just uh, for the Jews, but for all people, to the Gentiles, which we write about in Isaiah, uh, the prophecy, the uh, uh, Galilee of the Gentiles and so on. It says, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born for, to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign uh, for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth lying in a manger. Why in a manger? Because there was no room for them in the inn because during that time there was that great census that was going on. A lot of people were moving uh, to their original town, including Joseph and Mary, and there was no room left for them. Right? So the angel came, or the angel came and announced this to the shepherds who were keeping watch over their flock at night. And then suddenly, after the message was given that the savior has been born. In verse 13 of Luke 2, we suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men, on whom his favour rests. This favour continues to us today. Christ in us, the hope of glory, uh, this glory which is to God in the highest, this uh, peace to us, whom Jesus Christ has come as the Prince of Peace, and His favours uh, rest on us. So, when Jesus Christ came, He has ushered in this year of the favour that He prophesied in Isaiah 61 and verse two, right? And we now live in that year of the favour, this time of favour that rests upon us, and for all of us who continue now to receive Jesus Christ as the Light as our light, our Saviour, then we don't need to stumble in our darkness anymore, provided we live and walk in that, uh, in that light that Jesus Christ has come to bring. Okay, so now I'm going to illustrate this uh, Gospel message's response uh, by referring to uh, two groups of people, or two, two people. One is uh, Simon the Sorcerer in Acts uh, chapter 8, Simon the Sorcerer is a self deceived uh, person because uh, he thought that the gospel uh, could be bought so that he can become uh, better and greater. He was, you can say, responding to the Christmas message from a very self uh, centered, self deceived perspective. And I raised this uh, story in Simon, the sorcerer, to help us reflect on our own response to the Gospel message. Am I like Simon? Should I be like Simon? You see, what happens to Simon is this, that Philip, one of the seven who was after the persecution in Jerusalem, uh, he went to a place in Samaria. And Philip, God enabled him to do many miraculous signs Evil spirits were cast out, many paralytics and creepers were healed. Uh, and the crowd in this town in Samaria, or this city in Samaria, we don't know which particular one. Uh, Samaria is just a region. Uh, the crowd close attention to what Philip uh, said. Huh? Philip preached the Gospel of Jesus Christ uh, to that place. Okay? And then in that place, there was this man called Simon. And he practiced sorcery. That's why we call him Simon the Sorcerer. Right, And for a long time, he amazed the people in this uh, city in Samaria with his uh, magic because he boasts that he is somebody great. Uh, and then when the people turned towards Philip away from Simon, uh, Simon himself, in verse 13 of Acts 8, says that Simon himself believed. And he also was baptized. So externally, it looks like Simon is... Uh, has become a believer like all the others, right? And then Simon uh, followed Philip everywhere he went, astonished by the great signs and miracles that uh, he saw that Philip could do, right? And so, but then, of course, remember that at that time, the apostles, Peter and John, were in Jerusalem. And this gospel message has reached Samaria. So the people in Jerusalem were saying, oh, let's go and check out this uh, wonderful news that we read about what's happening in Samaria. So they sent, in verse 14, Peter and John, the apostles, were sent to Samaria. So they prayed and laid hands on the people, and these people received the Holy Spirit, meaning that heaven authenticated the, uh, the faith of what was happening in Samaria. But for Simon, in verse 18, he says, "Simon." wanted this ability. He offered them, that means they offered Peter and John, money. He says because uh, he wanted to have this ability so that, you know, when he can perform the, the miracles and when he laid hands on people, people will receive the Holy Spirit. So basically he thinks that this will be a better way of uh, becoming better and more popular than what he was before when he was practicing his sorcery. In verse 20 of Acts 8, Peter answered and says, May your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no part or share in this ministry because your heart is not right before God. Repent of this wickedness for I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. So the warning for us is that Simon the sorcerer was taken in by the external... Uh, events of what is happening in Samaria with the Gospel and with Philip. Right? He responded. He was baptized. He followed Philip wherever he went. But his heart was still captive to sin. He has not yet been set free from his sin. Jesus Christ has not yet entered his heart. So, for us, we need to reflect. Am I? Is my experience, is my response to the gospel message like Simon the Sorcerer? Do I need to stop and sing and reflect that perhaps the light of Jesus Christ has yet to enter my heart? So that's Simon the Sorcerer. Then you have the Pharisees. Now the Pharisees was Simon the Sorcerer was self-deceived. We all know the story of the Pharisees. Throughout the Gospels, Jesus was confronting the Pharisees. The Pharisees were self-righteous. These people think that they were good enough. They don't need Jesus Christ. In fact, they rejected Jesus Christ. Right? Uh, the passage I would uh, refer to is in John chapter 9, where Jesus Christ healed a man born blind. Right? In verse 5, Jesus said that, While I was in the world, I am the light of the world. In fact, in John 8, the one before, uh, chapter nine, verse twelve, in John eight, verse 12, uh, verse twelve, Jesus spoke to the people, says, "I am the light of the of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life." This is exactly the the main idea which uh, I'm telling this story uh, today to you. That Jesus Christ is our light, and if we receive Him as our light, we need we don't need to stumble in our darkness any longer because whoever follows Jesus Christ will never walk in darkness will walk in the light as well as walk in the love that we have uh, in God But the Pharisees refused to receive Jesus Christ In fact, they rejected Him Uh, In in John chapter 9, verse 16, it says uh, After the Pharisees were questioning this man that had Jesus Christ as uh, healed he says this man, Jesus, is not from God, they, they say, because he does not keep the Sabbath. They were looking at the external events, just like Simon the, the sorcerer, right? Uh, but then the, uh, the other people who were around him, or some of the, even the Pharisees themselves, asked, how can a sinner do such miraculous signs? So they were divided, right? In verse 22 of chapter 9, it says the Jews, the Pharisees, already decided that whoever acknowledged that Jesus is the Christ will be put out of the syn- synagogue, right? So uh, the people were afraid. The parents of the, the, man that was, uh, uh, the man that was born blind was afraid, and they don't, they, they don't want to stand out and then they cast out of their synagogue. The Pharisees claimed to be the disciples of Moses. They claimed to give glory to God, right? But Jesus Christ told them this in verse 41 of John chapter nine, he says. If you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But because you now claim that you can see, your guilt remains. And Jesus, when he was uh, referring or talking to the Pharisees, pronounced seven woes against the Pharisees because of their self-righteous outlook towards their own position uh, in life and towards uh, what uh, towards him who has come as the light of the world. And uh, I'll just briefly uh, I encourage you to read the whole of uh, Matthew 23 where Jesus pronounced the seven woes against the Pharisees. I'll just highlight the main points to you. In verse 13 of Matthew 23, he says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You such, you shut the kingdom of heaven in man's face. You yourself uh, do not enter, nor will you let others uh, enter, who are trying. That means these uh, Pharisees, they were stumbling other people in their darkness. They refused to receive Jesus Christ as the light, so therefore they stumbled, and they themselves would not enter, and they prevent others from entering. The question for us is, am I behaving like a Pharisee? Am I stumbling others uh, with what we say and what we do? And then in verse 15 of Matthew 23, uh, Jesus says, to these people. These people were very evangelistic, you can say. They say you travel over land and sea to win a single convert, and when uh, he becomes one, you make him twice as much a son of hell as you are. So, what Jesus is basically say, saying is that you are, you are in darkness, they are in deep darkness. Right? And the people that you so called converted, uh, you train them, you up equip them, but you make them. Twice as much a son of hell as you are. And the reason why is so, because the further uh, pronouncement of hosts is that because they twist the word of God uh, around regarding the temple, regarding the altar, and defining the sacrifices, right? They twisted it and basically followed their own traditions and have (coughs) corrupted the commands of God. And then Uh, Jesus in verse 23 says, you give a tenth of your spices, that means they follow the the commandment of uh, giving the tithe. but then Jesus says, but you neglected the more important things, the matters of the law, which is justice, mercy and faithfulness, right? And Jesus accused them in verse 25 says, you clean the outside, just like uh, Simon the sorcerer." right? They take care of the outside, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence And then in verse 27 says, uh, You look beautiful on the outside, but inside you are full of everything that is unclean. Uh, Inside you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. And then in verse 33 Jesus then pronounces condemnation on the Pharisees who was very self-righteous. says, Will you escape being condemned to hell? So this is the section of how the Pharisees received Uh, Jesus Christ when he came to them. They rejected him. In fact, they are the one who got Jesus Christ crucified on the cross. So, the message for us this uh, Christmas season is to reflect on how we hear the true meaning of Christmas. Do we receive it as our light, so that we don't have to stumble any longer in darkness? Will we receive Jesus Christ, who can save us from our sin? Reflect what happens to Simon the sorcerer. Are we self-deceived in the way we look at things in the church of Christmas? Or are we like the Pharisees, who are self-righteous in themselves, thinking they are good enough and reject the truth that Jesus Christ has come? So in conclusion, let me say, What does the Bible say as the purpose for which we celebrate Christmas year after year? Some passages we all know, we are familiar with, but I think it's worth repeating because this is the true reason why we celebrate Christmas every year. The Apostle John said it in John 5 and verse 24. uh, Jesus said this, I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life, meaning that Jesus Christ come to the dead, we who are spiritually dead. But now in Christ, we can have life, we can have new life, we can have the full life because in John 17, Jesus in 12 will prayed to the Father says, uh, that for you have granted him Jesus authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you have given to Him. Now this is eternal life in John 17 and verse 3. That they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Right? So eternal life is not about living uh, life forever. Eternal life is about knowing God and living our life according to the light and the truth that that Jesus Christ has brought down from heaven. In John 10 and verse 10, Jesus Christ says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Meaning it is not just a question of how long you live for eternity because you can be in hell for eternity. That's not eternal life. That's eternal death, right? But to have it to, the, to have life and to have it to the full is talking about the quality of life right here and right now. Right and, the Apostle, and Jesus revealed this to Apostle, John, uh, to Apostle Paul. Sorry. He says, I'm sending you, Paul, to the Gentiles, to open their eyes so that they may see, and so they may turn from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan to the power of God, so that they may see the forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in Jesus Christ. So have you received Jesus Christ as your Savior? Have you been saved from your sin? This is the message of the Christmas uh, that Jesus Christ has come. He has come as our light, the light of the world. God, Jesus Christ said in John 12 and verse 46, He says, I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. We don't have to stumble in our darkness any longer. As for the person who hears my word and does not keep them, the very words that Jesus Christ has spoken will condemn that person on the last day. Because Jesus says, I did not speak on my own accord. Rather, that the Father who sent me commanded me what to say and how to say it. I know that his command leads to eternal life. So that whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. Right? Remember what I said about Jesus Christ fulfilling the eternal Father. So the Christmas story is about the love of God the Father who sent Jesus Christ the Son. The Christmas story is about the light of Jesus Christ who has come to give life. And Jesus, the Christmas story is about us who is dead in sin becoming alive in Christ Jesus so that we receive that light so that we don't need to stumble anymore in the darkness will you receive Jesus and walk in his light finally let me close with these words from the apostle Paul in Ephesians 5 Paul wrote this in Ephesians 5 verse 8 to 14 and with this I'll bring my sermon to a close it says for you were once darkness but now you are light in the Lord live as children of light For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Meaning that if we live as children of the light, we will produce fruit that is good, right, and true. Verse 10 of Ephesians 5. Find out what pleases the Lord. This is what we are to do if we walk in the light as Jesus Christ has brought us. And then in verse 11, it says, "...have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. For it is the light that makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you." So this is the main idea Christmas message is about Jesus who has come as our light. We don't need to stumble in darkness. Let us wake up, rise and follow Jesus into that light. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you so much for Jesus Christ. We thank you so much for the first Christmas. We thank you for the light that he has brought into our lives. For the life that he has given to us. We pray, Father, that we will receive that light and live by that light so that we do not need to stumble any longer in our darkness. Help us to find what is pleasing to you and help us to do your will. Help us to produce that fruit, what is good, what is right, and what is true according to the commands that you have given. Help us to live as obedient children, children of the light. And help us, Father, to always remember Jesus who has come as our light. We give you thanks.